Welcome to Books with Bagby. This is a podcast about educators and their books. Some that write books and some that read books. We will also look into some passions, soapboxes, and perhaps other educational favorite things. Thank you for joining us and enjoy the show. Welcome, Stevie. Thank you for coming to Books with Bagby. And I'm so glad that you're here. It's exciting to see you once again. I think we met at TCEA, at one of those tech conferences. I'm not sure which one, but you were there and I was there. I was there. Yeah. Um, and you're amazing. <laughs> so, uh, Stevie, what is your edu origin story? Well, Greg, thanks so much for inviting me on. I was so excited to meet you at TCEA as well. And it was a just, it was a great meet. And we kind of like walked the vendor hall together. And then we were able to go to our our fun event for the evening uh, put on by the New Split Project. So um, it was such an honor to be able to meet you and connect with you. Um, to answer the question, what is my teaching origin story? When I was a student myself, I noticed something that I struggled with was just, um, I came from a tumultuous background. And so I don't know if anybody has like trauma-based informed practice teaching strategies, but there's like 10 ACE scores that are like 10 traumas that a kid can go through. And I went through eight of those. And so knowing that, um, you know, as I'm older now and I got into education, it really empowered me to be able to really understand and to just be a better teacher um, and be that escape for kids. And so for me, going to school meant like, oh, I got to go and go be normal and go into this like perfect land is kind of how I looked at it. Um, And I just craved learning. I loved learning in any way, shape or form that I could make it um, become a better person. And so that is my, my origin story is I decided that I just wanted to go and be that teacher that my teachers were for me um, as I was growing up. So your origin story Actually, it sounds a lot like mine. Uh, but oh. uh, so professionally, how have you moved to where you are? Great question. So I am in my third district experience and I really just kind of fell in love with teaching fourth grade and then I was ready for a challenge and then I asked to be moved to a different grade um, in fifth grade. And then I just kept trying to get a little bit closer and closer to where I currently live. Um, and so now I have found myself into my home district where my kiddos go to school mm-hmm. and I love it so very much. I, um, just always kind of craved that leadership, that next step position. And so I became department chair and then now I'm a digital learning coach for the district. So I am one of three of us and I um, travel around to three different schools. So I oversee the middle, one of the middle schools and then two of the elementary schools. Fun, digital learning coach. So what do you do in that position? I know you're like, wait a minute, you didn't tell me you're going to ask all these questions. I'm here for it, Greg. You know, I feel like we're just, we're just hanging out. So I like it. Um, What I do on a daily basis is really just kind of, it depends. So for example, today I worked with um, the administration at the middle school because they have an e-day coming up tomorrow. And so they needed to look on some training for Microsoft Teams. And then they also needed some training for chat GPT. So I was putting together some (laughs) some of that professional development for the staff tomorrow. Um, I also push into teachers' classrooms and I co-teach lessons with them. 
we co-plan lessons together. And really my main goal is just getting better at becoming a coach and going through that coaching cycle Mm -hmm. instead of just that one time I get into the classroom and then I leave. I'm really trying to um, get better at that. So you're using Teams and yeah. Uh, So you're working on Teams and ChatGPT. I'm really curious about that. I was in a meeting a couple hours ago and we were discussing that. We were discussing uh, ChatGTP and um, yeah, we're actually discussing the whole idea was uh, AI in the classroom. Yes. So I'll be at a conference really soon and the focus of the um, things that I'll be going to uh, deal with this company, AIEDU, if you've ever heard of that. Um, I haven't, no. AINEDU actually is the name of the company. And I'll okay. hopefully I'll be able to meet up with the CEO and talk some stuff that they're doing. And yeah, I'm, I'm, so we'll have to have a sidebar conversation about this chat GPT and all the things. But okay, so books with Bagby, this is the passions and soapbox. So what is your soapbox, Stevie? You have a soapbox that you stand on and you want to make things right for schools and kids. What is that? Well, I feel like that's everybody in education, to be honest. Um, We all see something and there's so much. There's so much. And so I guess my my soapbox moment would be really just taking a look at the time that our teachers are given to create those amazing lessons. So as a digital learning coach, something that I see frequently is amazing teachers doing amazing work, having so much passion, having so much knowledge and discovery and creativity, just simply not having the time to implement any of that. And so really my main goal, whenever I go into classrooms with teachers and I get to experience their time with them, I always make sure that A, I'm coming in leading with kindness and saying, okay, what do we need to work on? Let's keep it to, you know, let's keep it to an agenda. How can I make your life easier? How can I help ease that burden? And then also making sure that we're not overstepping their contracted time. So I'm very protective over that. So anytime I'm like, it's 3.30, okay, it's time to go. You know, we could finish this up tomorrow. I will still be here tomorrow. You will still be here tomorrow. You know, you are replaceable at work. You are not replaceable at home. And so that is something that I really try to really care for my teachers and make sure that they know that I I do care for them as people first and then, you know, coming up beside them as their coach second to really have that relationship of relationship-based focus. That's great. Uh, yeah, I like to push the whole idea that, yeah, you are a person. When I was a principal, there were times where I would tell teachers, okay, hold on to this. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're not giving homework this week. And they would freak out or yeah, actually the parents revolted when I stopped giving homework. Uh, Isn't that okay? Homework. Yeah, that second grader will be okay without homework. Why don't you read to them? Or why don't you? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, and I, I would also do these things where I challenge my teachers to eat a meal with your family at least three times a week. And then on Fridays, some Fridays, I would say, hey, guess what, teachers, you can't take any work home with you just because uh, they spend so much time doing things that they're not getting paid for. Well, I guess they're getting paid to do it, but they're taking up their family time to do it. Absolutely. 
I, I hate that. Um, yeah, it, it's amazing when you become a parent and how you look at things versus when you're yes. not a parent, uh, especially in the school system. But as a principal, uh, and I had little kids and I was thinking about some of the teachers that had little kids. I'm like, you, you need to go home and be with your kids. And they said, well, yeah. you do too, Mr. Bagby. Well, yeah, I do. But my kids are a block away because I live a block from the school versus, yeah, anyway. Driving a long way. I totally get that. And Greg, that's something that I admired about you. I remember when we had, uh, we went to that session, that event later in the night from TCA and you were just discussing your role as an administrator and then how you really helped those teachers leave and you helped, you know, almost not giving them permission, but giving them permission to be able to say it's okay to leave. And then that is your role is to be that supportive, you know, brand for them, that supportive role for them. And I think that's huge. And so teachers are going to want to come back to places that they feel safe at. And I think that's huge. That so, whole psychological I know we, safety. Yes. Yes. That Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Definitely. Yeah. Who knew? Uh, so question number, whatever we're on, uh, what are you passionate about in education? What's your EDU passion? Oh my goodness. I have you can so have, many EDU passions. Yeah, let's pick a couple. Not too many, <laughs> please. I'll pick a couple. So a few of my EDU passions, I love integrating technology into the classroom. And so when this Good, technology integration <laughs> I know I was like this is on brand for me this is working out and so something that I I the reason why I love to do it is I love because it automatically increases engagement when you find a good tool um you just really start to lean yes. into the, those higher SAMR model critical thinking skills you're able to have collaborative like I just finished learning about um, in the Microsoft Learn courses at the 21 CLDs and really trying to take a look at those 21st century skills. And mm -hmm. all of those can be hit. You can do those individualized learning plans with students when you start to integrate technology and you start to lean into those practices that get them ready for their, their future and their next world. So I think first and foremost, that's huge. A way that uh, this leans into my second passion, which is student-driven podcasting. And so mm. that is something that I really, I felt like I checked more boxes when I did that project than I've ever checked in my entire 13 teaching years oh, wow. of career. So it was such a really cool just journey that I went on. And then I kept going on the journey uh, three more years just because it was so amazing and awesome. I enjoyed grading them. I enjoyed the process. I enjoyed everything about it. So I would have to say that would have to be my soapbox and oh, passion. I guess that's why you're so in love with Soundtrap. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't say that. I I love any any platform that's going to help amplify student voices. I had even used Flipgrid as well. Flip, and yes. those were ones Flipgrid? that. What's that? No, I know. I've got to say both, you know, because you never know your audience. And so I really just anytime that we can amplify student voice and choice and allow them to have their voice being heard in an authentic manner. What I loved about podcasting was that it allowed for that authentic audience piece to go even a step further. So it's not just me listening to it. It's not just the kids in this classroom that are listening to it. It's the whole school. And then mm -hmm. it's your family members. It's 
whoever your, you know, mom and dad decided to forward it onto their grandparents. And then their grandparents were able to listen to it. So I really loved those components of podcasting of those community driven pieces too, as well. And thank you for allowing students to have an authentic voice uh, and allowing them to use it because it seems like so often we say, oh yeah, we're going to give students voice and choice. We're going to listen to the students and we're going to do blah, blah, blah. Uh, a lot of times we do listen. We do have them talk to us and speak to us about different things, but we don't follow through with it. We don't actually, yeah. <laughs> well, I say we, the, the royal we. I understand the collective. Me. Yes. Yes. Because it's difficult. And yes, that was is. when I first started doing the student-driven podcasting, I was very intimidated by it. I was skittish about it. And I was like, oh, I don't know how, if I'm going to do this or not. There's so much to it. And it takes a lot of, and again, that goes back to what I would like to change in education, time. And I had to really be invested in, and it took a lot of time outside my contracted time to really create the project. And that's why I like coming on platforms like your podcast, where if I can help connect an educator to somebody like me, so get in contact with me, ask me if you need some help. I meet with people from Twitter, on Zoom, on Teams all the time and just saying like, hey, if you need help with your student podcasting unit, let me know. I can give you my resources. I can tell you my process just because it was so intimidating to me and I was so grateful and I was so honored to be able to have people meet with me the same way that I had met from Twitter and they were willing to give their time. So it's my way to give back. So oh, good. So at the end, I'm going to ask you about how folks can connect with you. So I'm glad you just said that you're going to put yourself out there. Yes, uh, yes, yes. So the podcast is Books with Bagby. And <laughs> on Books with Bagby, we look at educational texts as well as blah 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 uh what is a book that i don't know that you think you have learned from or grown from and it doesn't necessarily have to be an educational book uh one of my friends that or one of my friends yeah everyone on the podcast is my friend uh one of them uh he said this one novel that i was like uh, okay but he explained why and it was really cool so it doesn't have to be an edu book it could be a uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance or something. I don't know. I love that. Well, I am a lover of books. I read every night for pleasure before bed every single night. And so I definitely love that. I have my master's in reading literacy education. And so, yes, you are speaking my language here. I would have to say if I'm going to go off of what is the most current book that I'm reading and really just absorbing like a sponge would have to be Matt Miller's um, AI for Education book. Of course. That I just got. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say of it like course. that. <laughs> yes. Well, of course. I'm like, and <laughs> well, I have to podcast. now lead a training. And so I'm like, well, oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you for putting your resources out there, Matt Miller. So appreciate it. Yeah. Um, his book is great and it's phenomenal. And I really appreciated him creating something so timely mm -hmm. and yet taking it back to a book I've really appreciated because a, I was able to read it when I was on my road trip, when I drove 21 hours um, within two days, when we, my family went tent camping down in Texas, lots of fun. And two, I really just like the idea of being able to write in a book and highlight different areas so that I can come back to those areas too. So that would have to be one that's just in my recent grab. And then 
when you were explaining what your favorite book was, I remember there was a book, it was Being the Change by Sarah Ahmed. And that book really changed a lot of how I was teaching, especially given the lens of like equity and inclusion and making sure that I was being the best teacher for all of my students. And what I liked about her book was that she gave specific concrete lessons and examples of what I could take to my classroom next week to really start to make sure that I was leading with that equitable lens. Nice. Well, I will drop both of them on the show notes, as they call Yay. them, so that other folks can um, connect with them. But also in the show notes, I would love to share with how folks share with folks how they can connect <laughs> with you. Awesome. So I am mostly active on Twitter at Stevie Frank 23. And that is where I have really grown my PLN, my professional learning network. And I've been able to meet people in real life and then stay connected with them post. It's been the place where I've grown professionally as an educator and as just a way of to learn from everybody. Like I said, I'm a sponge. And so I am more than happy to connect with you at any point in time. If you're listening to this and you're thinking like, oh, well, that idea sounded great and I want to try it, uh, definitely reach out and I'm happy to, to meet up and share all the resources because we are better together. Yes. As I've said in many podcasts, yeah, I think I've said it in my own also, uh, <laughs> silos are for grain, not education. So we need to make sure I that like that. I'm going to oh. use that. I'm going to steal that sometime, Greg. That's great. Have it. It's all yours. Um, <laughs> well, Stevie, uh, this has been great. Thank you for spending a, a few minutes with me, with us. Uh, thank you for sharing uh, about your passion and soapbox, as well as your journey. Uh, and whether you're in a kindergarten classroom or a college lecture hall, always remember to ask good questions Answer the ones you can, make someone feel special, and be great because you are great. Thanks. Thanks so much for having me. Yay.